Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy trivia podcast. I'm Nate Regolia. Each week we subject our guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea. And this week we're going to be talking about made-up people who have every intention of solving each and every one of your problems, possibly in under 30 minutes. We're talking about fictional therapists. And this week we have two fabulous returning guests. Our first guest is a champion for healthcare and a once and former quiz daddy to us all. It's Dave Denopolis. Dave, welcome back to the show. Hey, Nate, thank you for having me. Once and always, quiz daddy. Hell yeah. I, he's like, he's the OG quiz always. <laughs> I think we should put that on all of our money instead of, uh, you know, in God we trust, I think. Yeah, as long as we do it in Latin. Yeah, e pluribus quiz daddy. Yeah, I, that I works. assume that's right. I'm yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> so Dave, how are you feeling about fictional therapists? You feel good about this? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, pretty good. I think, uh, I think I'll do okay, just okay. Great. That's, that's a very uh, therapy-seasoned answer, to have lowered expectations for yourself, thereby <laughs> allowing you to succeed. Story of my life. Uh, our second guest is uh, also a returning guest. She is a siren-voiced angel and an advocate for, uh, for pretty much everybody in need. It's Monica Morris. Welcome back, Monica. Thank you. Thank you. An actual therapist. There, see, there it is. <laughs> so we have a ringer in the game. Yes. Will your yes. real therapy knowledge translate uh, yes. to fictional real therapists? Therapy knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Well, glad to have you back. How do you feel about fictional therapists? Do you feel good about this? You feel? Eh, you I mean, I feel okay, I feel okay about it. I decided not to like Google anything, and like since we decided to do this, because you know. Yeah, it doesn't really all, matter. All I mean, every <laughs> I pick esoteric enough stuff sometimes that it wouldn't matter if you Google yeah. it. Um, plus, uh, in my research to put this episode together, there's a lot of fictional therapists. We, I think we have an entertainment industry problem in that we've created so many fictional therapists. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the healthcare system, we can't afford to go to therapy, so we'll just watch some shows and feel yeah. a little better afterwards. I mean, sitcoms kind of are fictional therapy anyway, right? Like, oh, relationships yeah. actually work like two people make a, a good-natured error that leads to 20 minutes of laughs and a heartfelt apology at the end. Either yeah. that or, you know, it, they're like completely psycho and go out and like murder people. So it's either, like, it's either or. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, very rarely do a group of high school kids find like a, a, an unhoused father and daughter <laughs> at a mall and decide to invite them over for Thanksgiving yeah, exactly. only to have them completely disappear from Bayside uh, by the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was the shittiest dinner ever. We got to get out of this town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, have, have either of you watched Zach Morris's Trash, like the the little short series that's on Amazon? No. Oh no, that sounds awesome. There, there's like a hundred episodes. They just go through, and the guy, it's like three minutes of pop, but he just goes through, and he's like, <laughs> okay, so Please, Zach Morris. Zach Morris tricks all of his friends into selling their concert tickets so that he can get a date with a girl at the mall. And then they invite this, they end up finding out this girl is homeless and invite her to, to dinner. And then 
they must kill themselves because they're never back on the episode. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I did a very poor rendition of it, but it's, it's worth your time. It's worth, it's worth I'm writing time. that down. Yeah. Zach Morris Zach is trash. Zach Morris is trash. He's yeah. my cousin. Watch out. Watch out for me. Oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> distant. Distant. Way distant. Uh, let's jump into the opening question, shall we? Most of us have been to some kind of therapy because it's normal and not at all stigmatized, and we should all be fine to do it. But wouldn't you rather go to a fictional therapist? Why or why not, Dave? Wouldn't I rather go to a fictional therapist? Why or why not? Yeah. Um, I would say that I would like to go to the fictional therapist because all the ones I think of just have kick-ass lives all the time. They go do their thing, and then it's like, you know, then it's like, hey, time to go out to the wine bar or shit like that i don't know and and the the you know actual life-saving therapists i know are like i'm worried that i'm gonna run into somebody outside at the at the club and i gotta act normal and i can't interact so i'm just personally emotionally exhausted all the time so i can't do anything else yeah Yeah. and I, i feel like if i did run into my actual therapist uh in the wild i'd walk up and go oh i did my homework here That's like that's like the worst of what you like. Whenever I whenever I like see a client, I'm like the real world. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. You shouldn't have to dress up like uh, a bank robber from Point Break just to go go to the grocery (laughs) store. Um, Great, great answer, Dave. Monica, what do you think? Would you rather go to a fictional therapist or hey, I can make this? Would you rather be a fictional therapist? Why or why not? I'd rather be a fictional therapist because then like I know exactly what to say in every situation and I'm just not like looking at my client like, like, I, like, I, like I don't know you, like, <laughs> you got, like you got me I'd rather be a fictional therapist and then solve everybody's problems in 22 minutes great yeah I think I mean I think that's the main reason I would want to go to a fictional one because it is like you know that it will get fixed it might take it might take three to five episodes. In some cases, it might take an entire series. But you will grow as a person, and you know that going into it. Whereas oh, in real and life, clients do what you say, and they listen to you, and they actually like work on their issues. What? What is that? Oh yeah, and and, and <laughs> you know, in your worst cases, is that you have clients who don't listen to you, but they all have quirky, adorable foibles. Like yeah, exactly. uh, this guy just keeps wearing a toilet seat for a for a, a collar. Mm-hmm. And he won't stop. And we keep talking about why it's a problem, but he's just, <laughs> I, he likes it. So I'm Henry the Eighth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, great job. You're each getting two points for the opening question. Uh, yeah. And now we're going to jump into round number one. So, Monica, do you have a vague idea about Dr. Sally Waxler? Dave's eyes just got real wide. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sally, Dr. Sally Waxler was the, the therapist on Days of Our Lives when Marlena got possessed by the devil. Do you remember that? Do you remember when Marlena got possessed by the devil and she was like, Ur! but they thought that she was crazy at first. So they would send her to a, they would send her to a therapist. And so, and then like, cause she was like, like she, was, she was possessed by the devil. It's like in that, like, late 80s early 90s 
God. Yeah, well, and the turn was is that it wasn't even the devil, actually. It was like another uh, person's spirit that thought they were possessed by the devil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a ghost therapy scenario. Dr. Sally Wexler. All right, great. Dave, anything to add about Dr. Sally Wexler? No, I think uh, Monica had a cover because all I'm thinking about is Sally Jesse Raphael right now. <laughs> a bit of a fictional therapist, even though her show was real but the therapy she uh, gave was indeed fictional <laughs> if yeah, there was it, any indeed. at all yeah so <laughs> but no i i think that's probably monica's there that's solid and it's tough I, do you have to deal with a lot of like um you know <laughs> possessions <laughs> no but i do have to deal with like a lot of like people who believe in like demons and spirits and like i can't say no because like it's part of their religion so mm -hmm. you just have to like figure out how to work within their paradigm so, so side question then, is therapy just basically improv, but but a little more funny? Because improv often isn't funny at all, but maybe <laughs> with real people's problems, you're yes-anding and you're like, yep, this is working. We're, we're rolling on this. I mean, probably because sometimes my clients will tell me something and I'll just like laugh in their face and have to apologize to them. I'm, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to laugh. <laughs> um, great. Exactly. Great. Great job on uh, Dr. Sally Waxler. You were both absolutely incorrect. Um, <laughs> Dr. Sally Waxler is Milhouse Van Houten's therapist. She is referenced twice on The Simpsons. She appears once briefly, but most notably, Milhouse is in the cockpit of a, uh, of a fighter jet uh, uh, during Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming, the air show episode. And he is punching away at buttons in the cockpit and saying, take that, Dr. Sally Waxler. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he manages to hit the ejector seat button and shoot himself all the way over to the quickie mart. Um, <laughs> but you're both going to get two points. Okay, your, that's good. Excellent for your excellent answers that were uh, correct in their own ways. Yes. <laughs> Round number two, Dave, do you have a vague idea about Doctor Tobias Funke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have? A vague idea about that. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, Analrapist, uh, of course, and mm -hmm. um, you know, decent therapist, but really, really, um, was more of a creative sort and needed an outlet. Uh, so, dancing, um, theater, uh, direction. Uh, tried out for the Blue Man Group. Uh, ended up blueing. Uh, only blew himself. It was. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously also uh, got into therapy, I think, because he had a lot of deep seated things, uh, being a never nude, uh, a lot of, like you know, jorts in the shower and a lot of crying. So um, he's um, really he gets really into the issues. So it's true. He's a, he's a compassionate soul. And there are literally dozens of other never nudes. Yeah. Dozens, at least 13. Um, and um, what a closet case. <laughs> Very good. Monica, anything to add about Dr. Tobias Funke? Yes. Uh, he was married to the only daughter of the Bluth family. <laughs> he was her anal rapist. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they met in New York. Um, he's got some like pretty sexy legs because as a never nude, 
he uh, wore like cut these cut off denim shorts all the time, you know, and uh, was, uh, yeah, and was played by David Cross um, in Arrested in the Arrested Development series. So, and uh, yeah, and that's, and, that's, and that's what I know about Dr. Tobias Funke. Very good, very good. Yeah, you both covered it really well. I'm gonna give you each three points. Um, but Monica, I want to follow up. You said that he has really sexy legs, and what? And by saying that, you've you've maybe confirmed that I might have very sexy legs because I think like David Cross just looks like a skinny white guy with hairy legs. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's doing a lot of squats, at least not to play Tobias Funke. <laughs> I mean, he was better back in the day than he is than he is, you know, nowadays. Uh, and uh, he. I think I used it sarcastically in this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good. Hey, I'm just, I was just looking for clarification. You know, this is, this but episode I, is kind I of a therapy do, session too. Yeah. I do like current partner aside, I do generally have a penchant for like nerdy white Jewish men. So I would sure. probably, I would have probably back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you to join him in the uh, tryouts for the blue man group. A lot of blueing. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of blueing and whatever the the family experience. I can't remember what the long name of the band that he had that they just sang jingles for medications. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, great job. So three points each. Um, <laughs> we're gonna play our first game. Ooh. It's time to play phobia or phobia. That's uh, P H O B I A or F A U X B I A. So Ooh, is this a real I phobia? Like or is this a phobia that I found that is in fact made up? So we'll start with Monica. Number one, luposlipophobia. Is that a real phobia or is that a phobia? That's like fat werewolves. <laughs> if you like break it apart, it's like, um, you know, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's a, it's fake. I'm going to say it's fake. You're correct. It is fake. Lupo-slipophobia. <laughs> so this phobia is a fear of being chased by timber wolves while wearing socks on a recently waxed floor. You're being chased by wolves. You're going to slip. <laughs> okay. This term was created by Gary Larson for the far side. Oh, I love the far side. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great job. Uh, Dave, number two is trypanophobia, a real phobia or one that we made up. Well, I am going to go with real. It's a real phobia. And trypanophobia is the fear of tripping over a baby grand piano. Um, it's, uh, it's not as common nowadays, but it was a big, big thing during uh, uh, you know, the 50s, 60s when Looney Tunes was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot more uh, pianos falling out of buildings. And, you know, let's not even talk about the folks that were getting crushed by these. <clears throat> But it's folks like walking down the street, just minding their own business, reading the newspaper, whoop, right over that <laughs> Boom. piano that fell. So yeah, yeah, great. It is it is a real phobia. Um, it's it's not about pianos, but That's uh, too bad. I like I like your piano thing so much. I'm going to give you a bonus point for that. <laughs> um, uh, trypanophobia is the fear of injections. Ooh, oh, I have that. So uh, yeah, a lot of people have probably been experiencing theirs uh, during the pretty clear uh, deal to get vaccinated just go get vaccinated you can look away you barely feel it i didn't feel it that's no. a stab 
The staff hey. wanted infield. <laughs> uh, so, so you had a fear, Monica, but uh, you, you did get vaccinated, I think, right? I did. I got, yeah, I got vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. How did how did how do you uh, how do you handle your injections with your with the uh, with your trypanophobia? I just like I close my eyes and like turn my head and just like just do it. Oh, right. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> there you go. All it my works. injections. Yeah. <laughs> wherever <laughs> wherever the, like, yeah. Wh- any injection wherever it may be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Okay, Monica, number three. Okay. Cucumbus vinegaris phobia. Is that real <laughs> or is that fictional? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's fake because it sounds like fear of like cucumber salad. <laughs> <laughs> cucumber, like you, you know, like cucumber, like a cucumber salad. I feel like it's fake. It is. It is fake. It is <laughs> supposed to be the fear of pickles. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cucumbus vinegaris. Uh, <laughs> Now, what's funny about this is tales of this fictional phobia began making the rounds when a girl was interviewed on a talk show and said she was deathly afraid of the presence of pickles. And then a bunch of people with pickle phobia started showing up and saying, I'm afraid of pickles too, even though it wasn't really. Um, But apparently folks who are afraid of pickles are cool with cucumbers, no problem. But once they're pickled, oh no, now it is a scary thing. (laughs) Is it because they turn? Is it because they turn like that bright green on the inside as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's it, it's probably like a, a confinement thing. It's that they're they're jarred up. Like a regular cucumber is is free range, you know. Right. <laughs> Just kicking it, living living its life. It's living its best life. <laughs> okay, uh, number four. Embalming a cucumber, you bastards! Right. <laughs> I know, right. I mean, okay, maybe it's like a mummy's curse thing, right? Because there like is, you're yeah. not supposed to open the tomb of the mummy because it will curse you. So maybe you're not <laughs> supposed to open that jar of pickles because those entombed cucumbers are going to bring uh, ghostly uh, death upon you. That's is right. That, really. has, has, have you ever known anybody who was uh, possessed by a cucumber? No. Okay. No. Great. Well, knock on wood. But it doesn't happen <laughs> soon. Not yet. <laughs> tomorrow. I have a whole bunch of people fear of cucumbers. <laughs> Just start bringing it up casually. How do you feel about cucumbers? You know, I've never thought about it. You yeah. should. What do you think about pickles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, Dave. Anatidaphobia. Anatidaphobia. Is that real or is that a phobia? Anatidaphobia. Um, that's phobia. That's that's not real. Um, I don't know why, but and I, yeah, I can, all I all I can hear is Anna and today's. Uh, <laughs> 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 we have pickles and now we have titties. I'm like, <laughs> so that's this funny. is this is the fear of uh, late or mid '90s uh, magazine guest models. Nice. Okay. Paul <laughs> Smith. <laughs> what, what was her? What was her ancient husband? J. Alfred Prufrock. No. Yeah. I don't so, remember what his subject of the poem. Uh, yeah. He was. He was a young lad when that happened. I mean, it's a, It's. It makes the poem all the more ironic because he spends the entirety of the verse trying to get laid, and then finally, when he's way too old to get laid, it's like, oh, here's. 
She's a Playboy lady for uh, you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, worked out for most everybody except listen, for the end. I don't blame. I don't blame her and blame him. Like what? Same. What? What? Ninety-five-year-old man doesn't want some hot chick with big titties all in his face, even if he can't deal with anything about it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and what he, person he, doesn't want a bunch of money to go with it? Exactly, because if I'm putting my titty in some ninety-five-year-old man's face, I want some money for it. <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> maybe the state of Colorado could do a lottery for that. <laughs> Since the vaccine lottery was so popular, maybe it was just time to kind of yeah. deal with deal with our aging uh, population by offering <laughs> special uh, incentives. Um, yeah, antitidophobia <laughs> is in fact a phobia. Uh, someone who suffers from antitidophobia believes that somewhere a duck or goose is watching them. That's awesome. They aren't fearful of being attacked. But just the surveillance by the bird is is bad enough. Uh, it comes from the Greek word anatide, which means duck, geese, or other waterfowl. And uh, and this phobia was also created by Gary Larson for the far side. Oh, he's good. And I'll tell you what, I don't think he's that far lot, off because like, those fuckers are judgy. Duck? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it, or is, do they eat a lot of duck or are they just afraid of like all that duck, all that goose shit on their front lawn? Because- Could be. I mean, it makes it very slippery. Yeah. And it's hard and it's hard to manicure anything That's at why that it's point. hard to go to denver parks <laughs> oh, oh yeah the goose shit. yeah yeah and then we had the thing what la- two years ago where you were allowed to eat them yeah kill them kill some go kill some geese and eat them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah wow some of them had it coming <laughs> assholes <laughs> uh so great job on phobia or phobia dave you got three <laughs> points monica you got two points and we're gonna jump into round number three Woo! So, Monica, do you have a vague idea about Dr. Jennifer Melfi? Oh, gosh. Dr. Jennifer Melfi. I feel like I I know her. I feel like she was one of Bob Newhart's colleagues on the Newhart show. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) Back in the day. And either that or she was on Sex in the City. Like, one of the doctors that Samantha fucked. I mean, those are, like, it's like too much, too much. <laughs> These are the touchstones, <laughs> Sex in the City and Newhart. And I, like, that dates me like so hard right now. <laughs> Sex in the City and Newhart. But I feel like Dr. Jennifer Melfi, um, yeah, she was one of uh, Bob Newhart's colleagues on the Newhart show. Okay. Dave, what do you think? Dr. Jennifer Melfi. Um, I- I just have this uh, this feeling, and it, it might just be because of the ducks we just talked about, but that's Tony Soprano's uh, therapist. And, you know, um, she herself caused a lot of issues for uh, Mr. Soprano, but he he needs to take responsibility for all that. He can't he can't keep blaming the world for all of his killing. Oh, so lo- most of those were like deserved. But the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, the being an absent father and, you know, anger issues. Yeah. I think some of that stuff, just, you know, symptoms of the deeper seated problem. Having that Dr. Melfi while looking at sliced meat. Yeah, that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wandering into the pool with, in your robe. Take care of the judgy ass ducks. <laughs> uh, Dave, you're correct. Dr. Jennifer Melfi Did I is yes! Tony Soprano's <laughs> psychiatrist. Portrayed uh, by Lorraine Bracco. That's right. Mm-hmm. Quite a quite a career in uh, mob movies, Miss Bracco. Yeah, it's because she was in uh, uh, the Ray Liotta one, right? 
Yeah, the, the Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah, she was in Goodfellas, uh, which is interesting. I like you just you just get kind of I guess I guess once you're in that club, you're not leaving it. It's like the actual mafia. Once you've been in a mafia property, pretty much everybody's gonna be like, you're top of the list. Come on. Yeah, you're in. Every time Part you try to get thing. out, they pull you back in. Also, she's also a New York Italian, so it makes sense. <laughs> and we all know they're in the mafia. All of them. Yeah, yeah. New, New Jersey too. Yeah, New, New York, New Jersey, tri-state area. It's just all about sanitation, <laughs> capicole, <Sure>. and <laughs> taking people out in the woods. Uh, gabagool, a little gabagool. <laughs> uh, so Dave, great job, two points, Dave, and Monica, one point. And uh, now it's round number four. So Dave, do you have a vague idea about Doctor Sidney Friedman? Doctor Sidney Friedman, no. Uh, not at all, but, um, let me see here. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, a uh, colleague of Dr. Frazier Crane, you know, who this is, um, uh, you know, post cheer. So colleague in, uh, in Seattle, uh, with a competing radio show. They didn't talk much about it because it's really just ratings and like, Oh, this motherfucker, you know? So they were, they were, uh, Friendly, but not friends, because, you know, how many on-air psychiatrists can you have um, and still keep the ratings up? So, Especially in the 90s in Seattle. Maybe today. Maybe with the population numbers today. today. But there was a lot of angst. A lot of angst in Seattle. Uh, So they could have made it work. They could have teamed up, but they didn't. Damn shame. It is too bad. (laughs) Monica, Dr. Sidney Friedman, what do you think? I I feel like Dr. Sidney Friedman is Monk's psychiatrist on the TV show. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, he was, you know, the ever patient. Uh, yeah, you have to be patient with Monk. But yeah, I feel like <laughs> that is who Dr. Sidney Friedman is. Okay. Uh, you're both incorrect. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Sidney Friedman is the... Uh, the military therapist psychologist from the show MASH. He appears several times throughout the show's uh, 12-year, 14-year run. I don't remember how long it was always, on, but... Was he always, uh, was he always um, evaluating Klinger? He was, he was usually there to talk to Hawkeye. They were actually, like, really oh, good friends. okay, okay. Um, but in, like, the finale episode, which, spoilers for MASH, um, Hawkeye witnesses, like, a uh, Korean mother smother her infant child to death to avoid the Chinese army from getting onto a bus. And so he's having a mental breakdown finally at the end of the series. And he spends much of it talking to Sidney Friedman again, but Sidney appears, I think probably like 40 times um, across the run of the show. It's very interesting character because it's, I mean, it's very much that sort of uh, that pop psychology sort of vibe of that era too. So he's not, you know, it's a lot of like, well, what do you, why do you think that, <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of, that kind of help. Why do you think you feel that way? So okay. that remind is mash uh, streaming on anything. Cause I think that would be a good binge. Oh man, it would be. I, mash I lasted three times longer than the Korean war lasted. It certainly did. <laughs> He's got that, that sweet uh, theme song. Do, 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 do. Um, I always remember it was like, uh, yeah, mash, uh, when I'd hear the end credits, I'd be like, oh, man, I better go to bed. School's coming early yeah. on Monday. Yeah. 
I watched so much MASH in college because it was on from like 10 p.m. until midnight. Yeah, And I'd yep, just be yep. like, okay, well, I got to finish this essay. So we're just going to put MASH on in the background because what'll happen? Um, apparently it's on Hulu. Nice. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. So everybody check out MASH. Get get Alan Alda some royalty checks, you know? Not, uh, he, and he deserves, he deserves it. it. Yeah, yes. he's actually a decent human being. Hell so. yeah. Hell yeah. You can take him away from the... The other the the guys that played both of his uh, <laughs> yeah. his partners because both of them turned out to be yeah he, and he's like completely his own character <laughs> he's yeah like, not even like Hawkeye <laughs> um, you're each gonna get one point for Doctor Sidney Friedman uh, that's fair. fair so now we're gonna play our second game it's time for the Thunderdome Ooh. Oh, yeah okay okay and this week in the Thunderdome we've we've alluded to at least one of these two gentlemen a couple of times already. This Thunderdome is going to take place under the uh, Seattle Superdome Ooh. of old. We've, we've rebuilt it. We've rebuilt a replica. And it's a, it's a brother against brother match between Dr. Fraser Crane and Dr. Niles Crane. So who, Ooh. I ask you, <laughs> who wins in the Thunderdome? Uh, I think... A hundred percent, Dr. Niles Crane is oh, going wow. to be Dr. Fraser Crane, but not because he's like more, not because he's like stronger, obviously not, or, but he's just like sneakier. And I think he can manipulate Fraser in a way that Fraser can't manipulate Niles. Like if you watch the show, Niles being a little brother can like get over on his brother a lot and like use all of that. And so like, like I think Fraser will be winning, and then Niles will pull like something, like pull a little brother move on him, and then and then and then Niles is fucking sneaky. So he's and he had to deal with Maris for you know their <laughs> he had to deal with, with her for a twelve year marriage, and so I think Niles, I think don't don't underestimate you know tiny white men. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you you make a really important point because. Throughout the run of the show, like many of the jokes are Frasier gets himself into some sort of hyper idealistic relationship with a very attractive woman and blows it because he <laughs> is trying to do something sneaky and can't pull it off. Yes. Niles manages to have a secret relationship either uh, within his own head or on the side with Daphne for the entire run of the show up until like what, two seasons until the end when they actually do get together <laughs> and he gets divorced and never gets caught. No, that's there's, there's something that says something Frasier, about Frasier's that. A, and Frasier's a little too honest, and I think Frazier has a little bit more like sympathy and empathy than Niles does. I think you know because he always he always felt bad for what he did, and he always felt bad for like Niles. And so I think Niles can use would use that to his advantage, and like he'd do it sneakily, but like he he fuck he fuck Frazier up at the, in the end in the Thunderdome. Niles is like a on the down low sociopath yeah mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. dave what do you think you know i think and since we're under the superdome i'm thinking this is a lot like uh you know uh wwe wrestlemania and all of a sudden you know niles and frazier both going at it and then all of a sudden jim ross is like do you hear that music that's lilith's music and <laughs> lil comes running in hits them all both with a chair takes the belt and wins and no, lilith no oh a thousand. <laughs> I agree with that. Little kids broke their asses. 
That's right. Just climbs up to the top of the cage, holding that belt, and everybody's like, "Yeah, that tracks." Yeah, and then, but then I feel like Maris would be like turned to the side, and all of a sudden, because she was like, she was like, she was like a pole, and then all of a sudden, you thought she was a pole, and then she turns to the side, and then like ah, to Maris. So yeah, to like to Lilith. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maris, Maris could really be the Flash. Just it's not that she's actually moving quickly; it's just that you can't perceive her. If she walks at you sideways. Yeah, if she walks like, at you like this, you're just kind of like, what is, like, it's like a little. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if Maris and Lilla show up, we all win. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, just to, just to get to see Maris finally. Yeah. Yeah, just you the... saw her. Like, they, she, like, she was, she was played by, I can't remember the actress, but like, she showed up like when um, they were getting divorced and, you know, she um, was like, tiny she looked a lot like Lilith like dark hair curly you know wavy dark hair like tiny tiny woman but she was a lot like uh like Norm's wife right on Cheers which was you never saw Vera you just heard (laughs) heard about Vera yeah they did show her several times yeah the first like half for the first like 10 seasons of it she was like it was like a running joke that you never saw Maris she's a mystery (laughs) uh great great job both of you um, I both think you're absolutely correct. Um, Dave is a little more correct because I do think throwing Lilith in the mix is huge. But Monica, because you alluded to the fact that Niles is actually the secret crafty brother, I'm going to give you an extra point. So yes. Dave, two points. Monica, three points. That's yeah. That 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 that. I can live with that. <laughs> I mean, Niles always lived in Fraser's shadow. But mm-hmm. he was clearly a competent swordsman, like the times when they had defense and stuff. <laughs> Niles yeah. was able to, like, just move entirely across the room. He he fought through numerous suitors to Daphne. Um, and he's single-minded, right? Like, and, right? He's like and, he's, and he can wait, right? He's just like, he's just yeah. like a snake, like, waiting to, like, to, like strip. Frazier's like a kid at, uh, at Sears Portrait Studio. He's just waiting for somebody to hold a new thing up for him to look at. Niles has a focus. He's like ready to go. Right. Uh, <laughs> so now, from the makers of Pomme ou Pomme de Terre, it's La Chose Française Arbitraire. That's the arbitrary French thing. And the only oh. thing that's French about it is the name. <laughs> so, uh, friends, maybe it's the ceaselessly beating drum of capitalism. Maybe it's the fluoride in our water. But all of us have neuroses. So what I want you each to do is tell me about two that you have where one of them is made up and one of them is real. Yeah. Well, goddamn. I got a whole list of the real ones. Now I got to find... <laughs> you got to come up with a fake one. Got to come up with a fake one. Hmm. All right. So, well, Monica, you can start if you're ready. No, you, no, you can start. I started. I, I did the Thunderdome. All right. Um <laughs> So I don't know what the technical term of this is, uh, but um, so I call it the spite reservoir in order for me to like, um, you know, function uh, completely. I have to like, you know, find something ridiculous to, to hate um, at all times. And even and it's got to be ridiculous. So it's like I got to fill my spite reservoir. And then okay. the other one is, um, you know, and I blame uh, my, my dearest, dearest mother, Rhonda, uh, for her, uh, meticulous cleaning skills that, uh, I, uh, I have to do the vacuum stripes like Mark Summers from Double Dare, oh, the yeah. OCD right there. Yeah. 
two inches straight lines and you gotta and i gotta i gotta walk out of that room can't can't walk over something you just vacuum and then then spend the rest of the day being like can't walk anywhere floor is lava because the <laughs> vacuum stripes are there don't fuck it up appropriate because the baseball all-star game is happening in denver tonight while we do this episode and and there are a lot of similar uh neurotic superstitions around baseball don't step on the lines don't, don't step uh, on them. don't walk across the mound <laughs> exactly <laughs> monica what do you what do you got um this doesn't this doesn't have a name either but uh when i'm when i'm like eating like chips or like m&ms i have to eat them in even numbers and on either side of my mouth oh wow that's great that's fun <laughs> but not like all food but just like food that comes in like ones or like can be evenly <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah so yeah so that like both sides of my mouth all the I don't know, or it gets an even amount of food. I don't know. I started doing that like when I was, uh, when I was like in elementary school. I don't know. Uh-huh. I still do it to this day. I count out like my <laughs> even numbers of them. Um, and um, the uh the other neuroses I, I have is I worry that at some point a satellite's gonna fall through the earth and release a giant pit of radiation and we're all gonna get cancer and die. Wow. <laughs> I just got a new neuroses. Yeah, seriously. I mean it seems pretty likely. <laughs> Billionaires are going into space now. It's about time that something horrible happened right after. Yeah, exactly. Like the Hubble telescope is gonna somehow like reverse courses and like all it's gotta ah. do is spin around and get the sun coming through it the right way, and we're ants under a under a yeah. magnifying glass. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> those are <laughs> those those are great. Um, yeah. I am uh, I am very uh, fastidious about the way the dishwasher is loaded, and <laughs> and it's. And it really like, it, it has created conflict in my relationship because I will move things around after they've been put in. And then it's like, well, what the fuck? I loaded the dishwasher. I know, but. Yeah, you I didn't do put, it right. I got to put the stuff over here because the water. I, ah, At some point, know. I just give it up. I'd be like, okay, then you always load the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad deal. <laughs> I'll no, just leave the like, pile of dishes for you. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You deal with it. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise, I, I, I'm generally compelled to pet dogs when I pass them, regardless. Like, I, I and, and this, I don't think this, maybe this is a neurosis, maybe it's not, but like, I, it's almost, uh, it's, it almost feels like it's on the spectrum to me that sometimes I'll be walking and I will see a person walking a dog and I will only make eye contact with the dog and I won't acknowledge the person. I'll be like, oh, hey, how are you? <laughs> and just let this human being walk by me. And I, I probably do seem crazy. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Great job. Two points each on La Chose Francais Arbitraire. Monica, what happens if you get like a, a package of like Starburst or something? There's three in there. Do you just leave one? No, I, I cut it in half and then I... Oh, there you go. All right. Wow. That's, that's genius. Great. Oh, good. Yeah. I like, I try to get it. I try to like, you know, make, make it even. <laughs> Don't make it even. It's- that's awesome. What happens if it's, if it's a, a food object that's difficult to evenly bisect? Like you know, it's only it's only things that come in like 
you know, like like Skittles or like M&M's. So you don't have to eat like two drumsticks to be okay eating chicken. Yeah, you can eat like okay. like chicken is fine. Things like gotcha. that, but things that come like except like come in like multi pieces. You know. Right. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm down. This is cool. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm gonna try that one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't count too late at night because you might fall asleep. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, right now, the score is, as we go into the final round, uh, Dave with 17, Monica with 16. This is Ooh. real close. This is a real close yes, game. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with the final topic. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to piss myself at the excitement <laughs> and nerves. <laughs> and also just because that's the third neurosis you didn't mention. That you that's the other thing. Yeah. I just sometimes I like to pee also myself. Also because he's going to break the seal he's been drinking all day. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drinking yes. drinking beer you don't even notice at some point it's just like ah oh well <laughs> Here we go. I, just, I just carry around a white mouth gatorade bottle i don't even have to leave the room that's so lucky man <laughs> don't they got those little things for you looks no, like so uh you know it's like, for, like, yeah, like well, hard yeah, baseball hard cup but goes in the yeah it's a like, free uh, panty it's most, a fun mostly used for trans like trans women use yeah them or yeah trans men use that so but yeah. i mean i guess i could get it but i didn't want to i don't want to appropriate a community that's not mine there so. you go that's probably yeah <laughs> like, i just don't want to sit down to pee I, like, I, oh, come on i'm gonna wear a diaper and drive across country like normal fucking people yeah that's like, right like a normal astronaut <laughs> like a normal yeah. astronaut <laughs> yeah astronauts be crazy <laughs> um not, yeah. not that being trans is is not normal, but sorry. Oh, no, no, no absolutely. Totally is. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Having an obsession with the person and driving across country with a lot of adult diapers and methamphetamines to stalk them, however, is not. Astronaut or no. It is not. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which uh, a fictional therapist would probably say, mm, you should work on something there. Yeah. yeah, they'll probably be like, have you thought about going into actual space? Oh, I feel like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm just going to stick with upper sky. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to stick with upper sky. He didn't even go into space. <laughs> All right. Final topic. Okay. Monica. Yes. Do you have a vague idea mm-hmm. about Dr. Malcolm Crow? Dr. Malcolm Crow. Oh, man. The, the name is like so familiar to me. Dr. Malcolm Crow. Um... Dr. Malcolm Crow was a houses therapist when he was in the, remember when he was in the nut house? Yeah, and when house was in another house, which is crazy. Yeah, he was- You can't put a house in a house. You can't, you can't put house in the house. And Dr. Dr. Malcolm Crow was, um, his, was, his, was his therapist that declared him not crazy. Because house is that manipulative. You got you to watch out for house. Yeah, yeah. He went from pill popping to popping and locking to popping out of the house. <laughs> yes. That's Didn't what he have he lupus did. too? It's always lupus in house. It's not lupus. <laughs> Dave, what do you think? Dr. Malcolm Crow. You know, that house one, that might be right. I was thinking uh, that it was... <clears throat> One of my deep buried, but very uh, 
favorite fictional therapist, and I couldn't remember the name. All I can remember is Gabriel Byrne from HBO's In Treatment, um, which uh, that show I thought was really good. And then I just saw the other day um, uh, that they're doing another one with uh, Uzo Aduba. So, and I guess, you know, it really throws all our, our whole fictional therapist having the good life thing because it's all about how they're fucked up. Uh, so, True. but, you know, Gabriel Burns is cool as shit, no matter what he does, whether he's getting lit on fire by a demon or getting the stigmata by a demon or getting lit on fire by Kevin Spacey, whatever. He seems to get on fire a lot. Creating uh, a cartoon land for Brad Pitt to hang out in and cool world. That, that, oh yeah, that was a good one too. Uh, so I'm going to say Dr. Malcolm Crow is uh, Gabriel Byrne in HBO's In Treatment. All right. Very good. You're both absolutely wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, love how, I love how you deliver it. <laughs> I, yeah. As soon as, as soon as it was over, I knew who he was. Dr. Malcolm Crow is the character portrayed by Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense, who oh. turns out, spoilers for The Sixth Sense, he was a ghost all along. What the fuck? What? Yeah, his patient, Donnie Wahlberg, shot him in the face and he died for what? real. Yeah. In yeah. the movie? In the movie. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. And then, like, you know, M. Night Shyamalan was like, he thought he, thought he made it too like, obvious when Haley Joe Osment looks at, looks at him straight in the eye and is like, I see dead people. If, oh. Like, you motherfucker. No, you're right. I remember that part. Sorry, I got all I got all agitated. Yeah, yeah, and then like, and then how everybody left the room whenever he came in, like everybody was all like just leaving him by himself, and then he's wearing always the same clothes, and you don't notice because he, sometimes he has a vest, and sometimes he's wearing his jacket, but it's always the same outfit. I mean, it's really like when you go back and think about that movie, regardless of M Night Shyamalan's other directorial failings and writing failings, like. The way that that's pieced together is is ingenious. Like they, yeah. he goes to the kid's house where only the mom is, and the mom pretty much just talks to the kid and then seems kind of exasperated about the whole situation. They go to a funeral for a child where no one is really going to talk to anybody who's a stranger anyway, and he's trying to talk to his wife who is in mourning, but he thinks that they're just going through a rough patch. So he goes to yeah, his basement. Yeah, it's their anniversary and he's yeah. late for their dinner. Yeah, and he goes to his basement apartment because she won't like talk to him. And it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's its interesting how, how well it was constructed considering that like, just do that more times if right. you want. More, more good construction. The trees don't have to try to kill Mark Wahlberg and uh, Deschanel. Like that's not interesting. No. Yeah. Well, I bet he thinks about that a lot when he's sleeping on his giant piles of money, too. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he talks to his own <laughs> fictional therapist about it who gets paid yeah. giant piles of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so great job. Two points each for your incorrect answers that were that were just beautiful and delicious, like both of you. <laughs> mm. That does mean that we have a winner this week, and that winner is Dave. Dave, you had 19 <laughs> points. Congratulations. Oh man, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. I think this was a team effort. Yeah. I think we all won. <laughs> In a way, every well, week we all I win. Somebody, it's fine that it's Dave. Oh. Well. This is your first loss, right, Monica? Like, I think you've you've beat Lynn every single time, as far as I can remember. First loss, like I. 
but you know Liv and I are so competitive that like I have to beat her <laughs> yeah, oh yeah yeah I mean it's clear that there's a lot of bad blood there like you guys you guys really do a great job of pretending like you're <laughs> friends in public but it's clear mm-hmm. just daggers yeah. from the eyes wow. daggers and like you know I'm only and I'm only and I'm only I only agreed to be the maid of honor in her wedding and just to like ruin everything oh just, god it's gonna, just because it's fun to like hey it's gonna be I delicious mean, <laughs> <laughs> um monica do you do you feel like do you feel like your sort of latent attraction to dave threw you off your game this this episode or <laughs> I, mean, I mean i haven't seen him in a while and it's just kind of like you know it's just the 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 vibe the vibes are there and it's just like i i was thrown off because i was oh. like Loving the hair, the the the, the beard, like I'm I'm blushing, because <laughs> it's, it's all coming <laughs> back yeah, it, to me. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> voice. This is kind of like I, I, I do think that. I mean, <laughs> as we've talked about, this is cubic zirconia, Dallas Dave. So <laughs> you can you can pump this up all you want over the air, but man. Don't show the I video. Know, I blame I blame you for like my current attraction to long haired men because my partner has long hair. No, I'm like, no. what the fuck is this? Like, I I've mean, I've seen the fella. He's an attractive never, dude. He is. Yeah. A guy Prone to injury, but very attractive. I know, poor baby. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he looked good. I eat him up. Fine. Dip him in some some warm butter. I know, Ooh, right? Like like lobster. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. All right. Seems decadent. <laughs> hey, Dave, anything you'd like to plug this week is the winner. Oh, what do I want to plug this week? I want to um, I want to thank all the good folks out there that pick up their own trash. Nice. And I want to thank the good folks out there that pick up other people's trash. And I want people to pick up their trash. Uh, you know, simple things like that. And I still want to plug, I don't have anything specific, but uh, just be nice to each other, you know, at least to their face. I mean, talk a little bit of shit because it's fun. Yeah. But just be kind in general. So. And would you also suggest that people keep their phones charged? I would also suggest keeping your phones charged. Keep your phone charged. Oh, man, I forgot the script. (laughs) That's right. Thank you, Nate. It's classic. Right. It's classic day. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Keep your phones charged. And, uh, you know, be kind to one another. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, thank you for being on, Dave. It was great to see you. Yeah, so fun. good to see you both. Aww. I'm just, my heart is, is, is swelling right now. With, it's with it joy. really like you might need to see a doctor. It's, I know. I, yeah. I, it's like, noticeable. I'm getting to that age where it's like, it's no. I, that, that might be something I need to take that's, a pill that's for. That's natural condition now. Got to check my statins. <laughs> uh, Monica, anything you would like to plug? Um, I would tell everybody to, of all people, I feel like people who listen to your podcast already do this, but like get vaccinated. Yeah, that's a good one. Just, just do it. Um, and that way, you know, this Delta variant to just get vaccinated and what else? And yeah, that's, and that's it. And wear sunscreen. Trust me on the sunscreen. <laughs> good. Good. That's good. Yep. SPF is key. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Keep you looking oh. pretty for a long time and you'll avoid skin cancer and other problems. That's right. Oh, oh yep. We got love. dog kisses on screen right now. Listeners, it is adorable and you'll never find <laughs> out what we've seen here today. 
Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. It really helps us out. You can also check out the other shows on our network. We have Roll for Blank, our Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We just started the new campaign, Streets of Mage. It's a lot of fun, uh, lots of fighting, but lots of jokes anyway. It's, it's, it's a good time. It's a real good way to goof off 45 minutes to an hour of your week each week. <laughs> we also have our Sex and the City podcast, Funky Spunk, which will be back from hiatus very soon, so keep an eye on that. And you can still catch up on the Hard Pick Mining Company if you want to hear about last season of the Denver Nuggets from the Denver Five. You never know. You might learn something that's beneficial to your life in general. Or, hey, maybe there'll be like a radio show you're listening to and they're like, who scored 20 points for the Nuggets on what week in, in 2021? Well, you could listen to a podcast and have that in your brain. So you could be the 10th caller and you might win a jersey or something. I don't know what people do anymore. If you like our theme song, please check out Michael J. O'Connor's music. He is at michaeljoconnor.bandcamp.com. He also has a new album from his band, The Listening Post, that you should check out. It is phenomenal, fun, power pop. So it's uh, it's a good time, and and yeah. Otherwise, I second everybody uh, everybody sitting here. Uh, pick up your trash, pick up trash for other people if you can. Uh, be nice to each other. Get vaccinated and wear sunscreen. This is all like this is the the best plugs possible. You know, <laughs> to to defy these plugs is to defy God herself. So we all had a vague idea about fictional therapists this week, and that is a good thing, because the devil is in the details. <laughs> bye bye. 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 The Big Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, and Shannon Page, and sometimes John Peros. Information about topics often come from Wikipedia, so hey, why not donate a bit to that? Sound effects are Creative Commons public domain. If you like this podcast, tell a few people, and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And if you happen to like reading science fiction, check out the small press I started with my friend Sean Grokowski. You can find Spaceboy books at readspaceboy.com.